Greetings fellow comrades residing in the Democratic People's Republic of New York. We live under the supreme rulership of our governor, Kathy Hochul, who recently signed into law new gun control legislation that will keep all of New York safe from the scourge of right-wing extremist gun violence that plagues our streets. But first, if you believe in social credit scores, or if you're a government official checking in on us and listening to our show, please check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and our outlets for our podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. But first, let's get into it. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is Taylor. <laughs> I hope you liked our little intro there. We were sitting here, and I, I just decided to play um, some music that was actually uh, Dance of the Nights from Romeo and Juliet's opera from, like, the 30s or something, but it was written by a Russian, or I guess at that time, Soviet um, composer, and to me it always had the just Cold War-esque communist kind of feel, so... I hope you guys liked our attempt at some lighthearted humor here. But unfortunately, what we're going to be talking about today is not lighthearted humor. And it puts millions of New Yorkers into a position that they didn't want to be in. Um, our last episode, we haven't done an episode in a while, just between life and work and busyness and whatever. But uh, the last episode we did, actually, later on that day, funny enough, the Bruin case was decided in the Supreme Court and was decided in our favor, as it should have been. Affirming that self-defense outside of the home is a constitutional right and that states cannot limit that due to arbitrary and capricious reasons. Reasons They can't say you need to show just need or a special need above anyone, anyone else and that if you can legally possess a firearm and you say you want it for self-defense, then that should be reason enough. But then, we, we, as we rejoiced with this, with this news that finally the Supreme Court affirmed the right of self-defense outside of the home... The gun grabbers, the gun schemers, the libs, the Democrats in New York said, Nuh-uh-uh, not today, Constitution. Let's find a way to fuck you now. Somebody I saw online referred to Governor Hochul as Corella de Gun Grabber, and I, I laughed my ass off at that. If anyone knows Corella DeVille from the 101 Dalmatians, um, I, I laughed my ass off on that one. So, yeah, she is quite evil in my opinion. Um, she called an extra, extraordinary session to address this, um, God forbid we have constitutional rights in the state of New York. So she declared an extraordinary session and gathered everybody back um, to pass laws that nobody knew yet what it was going to be. And when they got there, it was like around July, like the first week of July. They didn't even have it ready on the first day that they got there. They were supposed to come there, extraordinary session, urgent necess uh, uh, necessary need, but I can't talk. <laughs> urgent and necessary need to pass this law, but they didn't even have it ready yet. So then they had to come back the next day. And then when they got it, literally they was introduced that morning and passed that night. And we all know that any gun control law that gets put up in New York is going to get passed. But just the way it was done. In New York, you have to have, a, I think, three days to let the public comment on a bill, to read it, to decide on it, whatever. But if you call an extraordinary session then you don't need that. It waives that that New York constitutional requirement, which, in my opinion, is ridiculous. That's how the Safe Ass was Safe Act. Well, it might as well have been the Safe Ass Act. Safe Act was passed in the middle of the night. Ex oh, urgent need. Something that happened in a different state 
now affects us. It's bullshit. <laughs> it really is. So what they wound up passing was this bill called the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. Well, if New York already had the best gun control laws in the country and the most stringent, how could we approve, improve on it? We had the SAFE Act. Oh, my God, the SAFE Act. It's supposed to be the end-all, be-all, but lo and behold, it was not. The Concealed Carry Improvement Act, um, it was signed, like I said, the same day after being introduced. It puts a limit on where you can carry. Most notably, what it did is it expanded what they deem sensitive places. It put in requirements for training, uh, live fire training, classroom instruction, and um, it also put in an ammunition background check provision, which was already done with the SAFE Act, but was never implemented because they never had the funding. They were hoping to piggyback off the NICS system, the federal system, and the Fed said, no, that's your problem, not ours. So the state says, oh, all right, fuck it. We're not going to repeal the law, but we're just going to keep it there, right? <clears throat> so this this bill was uh, Senate Bill 51001 and Assembly Bill 41001. And it relates to the licensing and other provision relating to firearms. Um, I'm just going to read a little blurb about it here now. So it says, on June 23rd, 2022, the Supreme Court of the United States reversed the United States Court of Appeals decision, finding that New York's proper cause requirement for obtaining an unrestricted license to have and carry a concealed pistol or revolver was unconstitutional as it violated the 14th Amendment by, quote, preventing law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms in public, end quote. New York's proper cause requirement for state residents to demonstrate a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general public. After an individual passes all other requirements for a permit, it was at a judge's discretion to determine if an individual had proper cause, or in some instances, a licensing official, not necessarily a, a judge, depending on what county you lived in. Governor Hochul found this ruling unacceptable, as passing state permitting requirements and background checks are not enough without judges being empowered to deny permits based on proper cause. On June 24, 2022, Governor Hochul issued a proclamation uh, <laughs> Yeah, proclamation for extraordinary session to, quote, pass new gun safety legislation in response to the United States Supreme Court's decision and New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. On July 1st, 2022, this bill passed the Senate and Assembly and was signed by the governor. This bill amends the penal law, general business law, executive law, civil practice law, and state finance law as they relate to the licensing of firearms. The bill does the following. So it's a long-ass list, and basically I'm just going to kind of give you the gist of it here. But it updates the definition of good moral character to mean, quote, the essential character, temperament, and judgment necessary to be entrusted with a weapon and to use it in a manner only that does not endanger oneself or others. So basically, they kind of just redefined what good moral character means. As the Supreme Court said, it, it shouldn't be subject to a licensing official who's what someone's good moral character is in order to give them a permit. They said, so now they're saying, well, I mean, are they of good temperament? Could they be entrusted with a weapon? It's, motherfucker, it's, it's not your decision whether or not it could be entrusted with a weapon. Can I pass a background check? Am I a law-abiding citizen? Then screw off, basically. And then it goes down basically saying that you need to complete 16 hours of training um, on uh, firearm safety, safe storage requirements, state and federal gun laws, situational awareness, awareness conflict de-escalations, best practices when encountering law enforcement, what are defined as sensitive places, conflict management, use of deadly force, suicide prevention, basic principles of marksmanship, 
two hours of live fire training sessions and score at least 80% on a written test on the curriculum in order to recertify their license. So basically, it's kind of this kind of reminds me of the poll tax back in the day and way, way long ago when African-Americans were denied their right to vote because they were former slaves and they were not taught to read or write. So they, they now said, oh, well, you got to learn to read and write before you could vote. It doesn't matter. It's my right, whether or not I could read or write. Now, I think people should seek training on their own when they get a firearm, but it shouldn't be mandated in order to exercise a right because then that's another hurdle people have to jump through in order to do this. What if you don't have the money for training? What if you could barely scrape enough money together to pay for the permitting, the fees, the gun, and the days off from work that you have to go now to do this? It just provides another layer for them to deny you. Um, and then it goes on and on and on. Um, one thing that it does is it requires a license to take possession of a semi-automatic rifle. But, of course, this law is supposed to take effect in September. And there's no information out there how you could even begin to apply for this license. So come September, it basically creates a ban on applying for uh, obtaining a semi-automatic rifle until this license, you know, process starts. And then how long is it going to take? It's not going to be a day of you just going down to the police precinct, showing your ID, filling out some paperwork. It's probably going to take months, possibly a year. Nobody knows. Now, the pistol licenses will have to be recertified or renewed every three years now instead of five. So it used to be five years for a pistol license. Now it's three years. Um, it, it creates a criminal possession of a firearm, rifle, or shotgun in a sense of location. Um, law. So basically what they deem to be sensitive places. So sensitive places, uh, a rough list of them are houses of worship, public transportation, airports, entertainment values, uh, venues, bars and restaurants that serve alcohol, Times Square, polling sites, educational institutions, daycares, playgrounds, and places where children gather, libraries, all government buildings, courthouses, health and medical facilities, emergency shelters, including homeless youth or domestic violence shelters, public demonstrations and rallies. <laughs> that last one, that one really fucks with me. Basically saying if you exercise your First Amendment and you're in a public demonstration, you can't exercise your Second Amendment. Because nothing bad has happened to public demonstrations or rallies over the past couple of years where people were beaten, killed, robbed, objects thrown at them, Molotov cocktails thrown in their cars. No, of course not. That never happens. It's just so it's just so blatant that they would put that into where you can't exercise your First Amendment right with a firearm concealed on you. Now, another one where it says emergency shelters, including homeless youth or domestic violence shelters. So if you're a woman who suffers from domestic violence and you go to a domestic violence shelter, but you have a concealed carry firearm because you worry about the safety of yourself from an abusive ex-husband, boyfriend, uncle, father, whatever, you can't take your firearm to that shelter. If you're a young girl, and again, I, I say a woman because oftentimes women are more affected when, when it comes to a lot of this instances of domestic violence and gun violence than men are. I mean, men are killed, yes, more than women, but at the same time, statistically, if you're a woman, you're likely to be more affected by, let's just say, a love partner or, you know, partner, marriage, whatever, when it comes to violence. So let's just say you're a young student, say a woman or a man, who lives on a college campus, public college campus, who takes the bus to the park to go running. Well... On all three of those instances, you cannot carry a firearm for self-defense. Your right to, to, to self-defense does not exist in those places. And it's a Class E felony if you break that law knowingly. It's a felony, meaning if you, if you do that, you lose your right to have a gun forever. That's bullshit. 
playgrounds and places where children gather. Because God forbid if I bring my son to a park, you know, nothing bad happens at parks. No kids are ever kidnapped in parks. Nothing ever happens. So, you know, yeah, that, that sounds totally reasonable. Bars and restaurants that serve alcohol. So if I go out with my family to a dinner, let's just say to a, to a you know, Applebee's or Chili's or some shit, you know, just because they serve alcohol, I'm not partaking in any alcohol. That means that we cannot go there. You know how many fucking places that is that have a liquor license? Ugh, these fucking these, these people are are, in my opinion, are just pure, just evil, unconstitutional. They they do not care about your rights. Ugh, just it, the the week when this passed, it it was a rough one. I, I'll admit, my stomach was in knots for days. I I this this just personally affects me so much and how I feel about it. I'm not like the left where I'm going to go out and commit violence and rage against society like that. Instead, I'm going to be productive and try and inform people about this, try and get people as impassioned about it as I am, to try and vote these fucking people out of office, to have our constitutional rights respected, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, left or right. This affects everyone, whether you're a man, woman, left, right, young, old. It affects everyone. And I hope that more people understand that and exercise the constitutional rights. You could be a Democrat or a leftist, but if you're a gun-grabbing Democrat or leftist, I don't agree with you at all on any of that. It also creates a statewide, basically, system, like a registry. So the Department of State Police is required to cross-check the NIST system to be created. Statewide and firearms license and records database to determine if the purchase is prohibited person according to state and federal law. So it's it creates it creates a statewide license and record database for ammunition sales. Requires a seller of ammunition or dealer in firearms to keep an electronic record of ammunition transcripts. So every time you go and buy a box of twenty two, they got to keep a record of that and get a background check done. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Makes it unlawful to wear a body armor while committing a violent felony offense. Well, if you're committing a violent felony offense, I think body armor is the least of your concerns. Usually, they might have a gun, which I think is more of a problem than the body armor, in my opinion. But, you know, whatever. Just, you know, my opinion there. Um, and then it goes on to say, you know, it establishes a background check fund, yada, yada, yada. It goes on. So basically, oh, also what it does is it makes every private property in New York banned from possessing firearms. Like, you can't go on any private property in New York unless that person who owns that property has a sign that explicitly said guns are welcome. Normally, the other way around is that there's a presumption that you are allowed to carry on private property unless that person prohibits you from doing so. Basically, they flipped the coin, put it on the other end and said, nope, all private property now is off limits unless there's a sign. So let's just say I'm going somewhere and I have a firearm on me for self-defense, a legal permitted firearm. I go to get gas. Now, before I get out of my car, I have to see if there's a sign in the window that says firearms are welcome on the premises. If I don't see a sign, I can't take my firearm out of the car. I have to take my firearm, unload it, take out the magazine, unload it, put it in a locked container, separate, get out, do my business, leave my firearm in a locked container in the car, mind you, instead of securely on my person. Then when I'm done with my business, I have to go back in my car, take my firearm out of my secured and locked container, load it, and then put it back on me. I think that's going to cause a lot more issues. Oh, I saw a man with a gun in his car at the gas station. Oh, there's a guy with a gun. He's unlo- He's loading it in the parking lot of the library. Like, and even the sheriffs, the New York State Sheriff's Association came out scathing this bill. They fucking hate it. And they said, you know, it's going to make our job a lot harder. It's going to put us 
in a lot more danger. It's going to be crazy to enforce this shit. They blasted the governor for it. And they, that's why they said, you know how many calls with for a man with a gun we're going to get because somebody has to unholster and holster their firearm and put it away securely in their car? It's ridiculous, man. But this law was signed, unfortunately. And we're going to have to live with it. But my opinion is all the Democrats in this state had to do and all Governor Kathy Hochul had to do was literally just amend the law slightly to conform with the Supreme Court decision. Basically do away with the good, proper, you know, just and proper clause uh, part of the handgun permitting system and just say, you know, if you apply for self-defense, then that's fine as long as you can pass it. That's all that's all they wanted. That's all this this lawsuit was about. But they had to go so far in the other way, they just shot themselves in the fucking foot. No pun intended here. But they just, they threw a temper tantrum, and they're going to get the shit spanked out of them with lawsuits. Speaking of which, <laughs> so Gun Owners of America, um, I really am very thankful for your organization, first off. I, I have to become a member now. Um, and also Firearms Policy Coalition. I know the NRA kind of had a hand in uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case. Like, they donated money, they did stuff. But, like, Gun Owners of America and Firearms Policy Coalition have really stepped up for us in New York. And like I said in one of the last uh, podcasts, New York is the new battleground for our Second Amendment rights in this country. So uh, today, actually, today is July 12th. This was submitted in the United States District Court for the Northern District of New York. Uh, plaintiff's name is Ivan Antonuk, Gun Owners of America Incorporated, Gun Owners Foundation, and the Gun Owners of America New York Incorporated versus Kevin B. P. Bruin in his official capacity as superintendent of the New York State Police. This guy's getting sued again, and I hope that people just lay lawsuits on these people because that seems the only way to get things done. They want to make it so difficult. They want to throw a temper tantrum and rewrite laws unconstitutionally and ram them through. Well, you're going to have to now put up a fight in court. <laughs> so this person, who who is Mr. Ivan Antonuk? Plaintiff Ivan Antonuk is an adult male citizen of the state of New York, residing in Schenectady County within this district, and is a citizen of the United States. He's a law-abiding person. And there's no disqualification under state or federal law which prohibit him from possessing a firearm. Um, basically, it says, in addition to the fact that the CCIA, the Concealed Carry Improvement Act, on its face violates Mr. Antonuk's First and Second Amendment rights, there is another more personal reason that Mr. Antonuk is unwilling to submit to New York's new and unconstitutional demands. The plaintiff is originally from the Ukraine. In the early 1990s, Ukraine crime was rampant. Country is run by mafia and criminals, while ordinary citizens were not allowed to own firearms to protect themselves. Indeed, only the government and their chosen protectors had access to arms. This left the Ukrainian people with no means to defend themselves from crime, whether committed by petty criminals or the government itself. The police were often hours away when called, if they came at all. And the Ukrainian people had no right to free speech and no right to protest. Sound familiar? During his childhood, plaintiff Antonuk witnessed attack on citizens of Ukraine by the government for the simple act of protesting. Indeed, he was a victim of government violence during a protest in which he was not involved, but nevertheless was beaten by the police for simply being in the general vicinity of the protest. In 1994, Mr. Antonuk fled to Ukraine in favor of the United States and his promise of freedom, moving to New York, where he became a citizen of the United States in 1999. He has lived in New York ever since. In coming to the United States and New York in particular, Mr. Antonuk was not seeking to exchange one totalitarian regime for another. 
For example, Mr. Antonuk does not wish the government to have access to his social media accounts, as that infringes and chills his right to speak without government interference and without the government looking over his shoulder to see and either approve or disapprove of what he is saying. So then it goes down to give a little history of the Ukraine with um, now the Russian invasion and how now they allow their citizens to carry and possess firearms. In other words, Mr. Antonov has firsthand experience with dangers that inevitably, inevitably occur when the government prohibits its citizens from keeping and bearing arms and has firsthand knowledge of the results that occur when a population is disarmed, whether from criminals, one's own government, or foreign invaders. Mr. Antonov has expressed it all, experienced it all, and is particularly sensitive to the CCIA's attempts to institute a whole host of new infringements on his Second Amendment rights. Mr. Antonuk is not prohibited from owning, possessing, or transporting firearms in New York, and indeed lawfully owns firearms and currently possesses an unrestricted New York carry license, which was issued in March of 2009. Mr. Antonuk has continuously held a carry license since then has never been revoked or suspended. Mr. Antonuk wishes to continue to lawfully carry his handgun in public, which, as Heller and Bruin have explained, are the, un- are the quintessential self-defense weapon, end quote. Because New York carry licenses must be recertified after five years, Plaintiff Antonok will be required to renew or recertify his permit in January 2023, shortly after the CCIA takes effect in September 2022. However, Mr. Antonok does not want to provide his protected First Amendment communications to the government of New York for scrutiny, and does not want to provide a list of his friends and their whereabouts to the government for interrogation, as conditions precedent to his being permitted to continue his exercise, his Second Amendment right to carry a firearm in public. It is axiomatic that the government may not condition the exercise of one right on the forfeiture of another. So, and then basically it goes on to say that he already met all the existing requirements of this, but now with these new laws, he's going to have to go through training and pay fees and recertify, even though he's had a permit since 2009. And that's a long ass time. Again, what they want to do also now, like they just said, is you have to submit your social media information for them to check and see whether if they deem you worthy. You also, like previously, had to have four character references in order to uh, apply for a pistol permit. But what if you're new to the state? What if you're like Mr. Antonuk and you come here from from somewhere else and you want to get a, a pistol permit? Well, you better make four friends quick because <laughs> otherwise you can't get a permit. They're relying on the interrogation of the public in order to determine if you are of good moral character, in order, I put that in quotes, to have a permit. Well, what if nobody likes you? What if your friends say, you know, that guy's a real asshole. Do you think he should own a gun? I don't know. Not my business. Does that mean that person doesn't have a right to own a firearm? Just because he's an asshole. I'm not saying Mr. Antonuk. I'm just saying a theoretical person here. <laughs> um, again, it's an arbitrary way of just denying you. It's an, it's an arbitrary way of just saying it's one more step for us to possibly deny you. Oh, you four people, you can't get four people to attest to you? Sorry, you don't have your rights. And that's another thing that this this lawsuit is looking to do away with. They're looking to do away with the unconstitutional um, character references, good moral clause, sensitive places, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's a great, great lawsuit, man. I read a lot of it. It's like 100-something pages long. It's on gunowners.org, and then you could search um, search for it there. I just don't get why. Like, in our last episode, I, I kind of explained my thoughts on why the left and the Democrats run... They run gun control as, like, a party platform. And why our governor says that gun owners 
will carry firearms with reckless abandonment in public. But recently, you know, recent events in New York says otherwise that lawful gun owners are not doing this. Just the other day in Brooklyn, it was recorded on video, a suspect that was fleeing from a traffic stop on foot shot at New York City police officers. And luckily, they returned fire and were able to terminate the subject. It was on video, and the people recording the video were laughing. Oh, he's shooting at the police. Oh, shit. Ha, ha. It's like, is this the society that we've become where it's it's entertainment for someone to shoot at police officers? And this is, this is what Governor Hochul equates lawful gun owners to. She equates them, and Mayor Eric Adams as well, he equates them to the people that are shooting at our police officers on the streets. She equates them to that, that person that shoot, shot people in that supermarket in Buffalo. And that's just not what it is. So this lawsuit hopefully will go through. Now, granted, it is in the Northern District. Uh, it's, it's in the Northern District Court. But the thing that the Supreme Court did was they did away with the two-step process. You have to look at historical text and tradition. You can't use a two-step process anymore to determine these gun cases. So... I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, it was just introduced. It's probably going to take years, man. So we're going to have to live under this for a while. But that's the problem. Nobody stops these unconstitutional laws from being passed before they are passed. And that way now we, we wouldn't even have to be doing this, man. If enough Democrats said, you know what, this is not the way to do this. This is not right. But of course, after the I watched the debates that day that was going on when they when they passed this and at the end, they were clapping and cheering. And I'm like, really? Is this is this what we is this what it's come down to? Them clapping and cheering as our rights are taken away. Well, you know what? These people are going to get what they have coming to them. They're going to get lawsuits out the ass, and they're going to be. It's going to go so far in the other way that maybe one day we'll we'll have just a normal carry law where we could apply for it. We'll get it in three months, just like any other state. They could do their investigation. They could do their check to make sure we're not a criminal. Where we can go and touch a handgun at a, at a store without having a permit. We could go take a class first with a handgun to see if we want to get a handgun first without having to go through the fucking process. I mean, it's just common sense. And the left like to say, ooh, common sense gun control. Common, common sense gun control legislation. Nothing is common sense about this, man. Nothing is common sense. <laughs> oh, man. So this is um, this is going to be an interesting time ahead of us, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Probably more gentlemen than ladies listen to this, but, you know. <laughs> um, but I encourage you all to go and check out uh, Gun Owners of America, Firearms Policy Coalition. If you could give them any kind of money that you can, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, don't get coffee for a week at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever and just give them that money instead. Join. I'm going to get a membership. Um I'm going to sign up. I'm a life member of the NRA. Um, I got it years ago. And, you know, whenever they call me now, they're like, oh, we need you to donate. I'm like, no. Just no. I don't see you doing anything for us. Other organizations are doing more than you. And they're going to get my money. So I encourage everybody to go and check them out and list and um, give them some money. But this is going to be a short episode today just because... Um, I could sit here and read a bill to you all day and, and whatever, but you know, you, I'm sure this this information has been out for a few weeks now about the bill and, and everything, so I'm sure everybody's pretty much heard about it, but I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention in case you haven't heard it or heard of it if, you, if you've been living under a rock 
what I wanted you to do is go out and tell your friends about this bill. Oppose it. Call your representatives, even though now there's nothing you could do. But, you know, hey, just voice your opinion. Get, be heard. That's what I try to do with this. Just be heard. Get my opinion out of there, whether people like it or not. Um, and maybe I could change some minds. I could change some opinions. You know, I've, I've run into people that... Um, when I did the last gun show, I recently I ran into people. Oh yeah, I saw you at the gun show, and and yeah, I mean, and we just, we just talk, you know. And if you're not doing something, you need to. This is what I could do. I could donate some of my time and put this information out there. And this is this is what I do. So I'm hoping that everybody could do a little something to further protect our rights. But anyway, everyone, uh, that's it for today's episode. I hope everyone is doing all right out there. I hope everyone is. Uh, dealing with this, this, these new laws as best they can and preparing for when shit kind of comes around in September when these laws go into effect. Um, everyone, stay safe out there and thanks for listening.